Welcome everybody to the award-winning, world-famous podcast that nobody knows about and hasn't won a damn thing. It is a podcast about everything, and I hate to bring it in on a somber note, but that's where the world is today. And I hope you guys enjoyed my fucking care package that I dropped off last week. An episode, a hour episode for every fucking day of the week. Didn't hear a thank you from you guys. Didn't hear I love you. Didn't hear I'm your biggest fan, but it's okay. I think we will get acquainted. It's okay. I will forgive you for that one. The next care package, though, I'm going to need some feedback. But anyway, I would hate to start this on a somber note. You guys already know I hate somber episodes. I hate when everything has to be serious, but sometimes that's just where life takes us. That's just where it takes us. That's just the mood. That is just the vibe. There's no other way to go about it. You can't turn a, uh, the other cheek. You can't look the other way. It's just, um, it's all bad. So with this episode, I'd like to begin by saying uh, rest in peace to the the king, the, the young black king gone too soon, George Floyd. Uh, another senseless act by the police department of the United States that has claimed another black man's life, uh, another African-American's life. Sorry about that. I had to fix that game. I guess I'll leave it where it was. In the recent years, as far as social media goes, this has become somewhat of a norm for the social media which also, in return, introduces a whole new audience into a world, into situations that have been going on with African Americans as far back as time will permit. And uh, you, you've got an uprising going on going on right now, and it's all over the news. I don't know where how it's like in in other states or other media in other states is what i'm saying you know when you go to when you go overseas they've got their own news and you know they've got their own things going on so you might get a highlight of the united states but ain't no telling if our media is is uh portraying this like there are different places in the world that are showing this shit 24 7 like our news media is showing it and i hope and i pray that they are because that means that not only are people in the United States standing with us, there are people across the world that are tired of seeing this headline flash on their timeline. It's like, dude, if I'm in fucking in the UK, if I'm in fucking, you know, Japan or if I'm in Africa and I and I scroll down my timeline, everybody's got Instagram like, you know, that's just what it is. And I see, oh, another fucking another person is killed by the police in in the United States, you're like, dude, what the fuck is going on out there? You know, in your native tongue. And even if they're not showing it the same way that you would show it inside of the, inside of the country where it's happening, just to know that people are responding to it, you know, maybe they don't have to get their news 
That shit, it's not a maybe to it. They don't have to get the news. None of us have to get our news like we used to and, and deal with our local media outlets and, you know, CNNs and shit like that. We can go dig. We can go research as, as long as uh, our bubble, you know, is is configured inside of our algorithm to bring this shit our way when we go onto our Google or go onto our Instagram or go into our Facebook and our algorithms tell us that we're into this type of shit, this shit will find us. If you're into this type of shit and you've already got a history uh, inside of your cookies or whatever, you know, they trace us and, and you know, this, this news will head your way. But for the other people, hopefully you've got friends and family that are into that shit and they can Hey, tag you in and say, hey, have you seen this headline? Look at what's going on in the United States. But for us people inside of the states, this is a, a terrible thing to see. It's a terrible situation that has, it's a recurring terrible situation. Uh, and this is this this is the one. This is the one that uh, broke the camel's back. This is that straw. This is, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is... Um, this is the this is the melting pot. This is the this is the tea kettle starting to scream like yo. This is the spark that starts the flame. There has been too many incidents. There have been too many incidents, revolving African Americans, uh, black men, black women, children, our elderly. Like there's just an attack on us when it comes to the people who have this title to protect. They get paid to protect, not to protect. A certain race, not to protect certain individuals, but to protect all individuals that need help. That that's what they're there for. You know, you don't want your uh, EMT or your paramedic to show up to the scene and say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to take this ride too serious. I know this dude is about ten minutes away from losing his life, but because he's black, I'm not going to give him the same treatment. We're not going to put our feet to the pedal to get this guy to the hospital as fast." as possible because he's a black man or she's a black woman or this is a black child and I have some type of reservation towards people of color or minorities. You should not be in a position to have that type of power. You shouldn't have the type of power to where you have someone's life in your hands like that. That's Unfortunately, you don't have the traits to be qualified for this position and that's okay, dude. You just You're not a helpful person. You can't only be helpful to some people. It doesn't make you a fucking uh, a helpful person. That makes you a simple-minded evil person. Someone that says, I look at the outside before I know someone and I let my assumptions give me the answers to who this person is. It just doesn't make sense. So I think we have a lot of people in these roles right now. Uh, especially when it comes to policing officers, peace officers, you know, like, fortunately, the acts how this is going to change. And, and again, I, I totally agree with what's going on right now. I love the peaceful protests. And unfortunately, they have started to put these um, these curfews on us. And that's one of the really down parts of this is that I'm a grown ass man and I can't just drive out in the city to get myself something to eat after five o'clock because there's something going on 20 miles away from Los, from from where I am in Los Angeles Inglewood. If something is going on in fucking Hollywood, then why the fuck are you shutting down Inglewood at 5 p.m., you know? Um, and it just seems like the control thing that I was talking about when it came to the whole safer at home and, you know, stay in the house. This is, you are allowed to go here and there and it's kind of been proven that the numbers on the coronavirus were kind of like the depth of it, the numbers and the way that this thing was attacking people, they weren't, they kind of overstepped. It isn't as bad as they thought it was going to be, but they still had a hard time relinquishing that power. In it. And as soon as they let us, okay, things are going to open up right again. It just doesn't make, it just doesn't add up to how they could just in a week span, shut us all the way down again. It seems like they're, liking the fact that we are not allowed to roam these streets during certain times of the I don't know what it's doing political wise or if these numbers are going to help in the debate I don't know what the fuck they're doing right now when it comes to all of these shutdowns lockdowns stay at homes uh, restrictions and national guards and 
It's a uh, it curfews. It's a whole fucking lot, man. But all of this because of uh, police brutality, uh, police the police homicide rate when it comes to them killing folks, unarmed folks. It's just a fucking lot. Being and I don't want to get too much into it, but I did want to touch on it because I want to talk about this incident. This this horrific incident with a couple guests on the show. Because I need to get different perspectives. I need to get different views of this. I need to understand how people are feeling. How they're angry. And it be multiple. You know, like someone may not feel exactly how I feel. But, but we might get to the same place. We still might end up at Z when we start at A. Even though we may take a different route to how we feel. You know, somebody might be opposed to all of the rioting but still be okay with where me i'm good with both because when you don't listen you get this it's 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 in our history it's just not a fucking surprise this is not a surprise for african americans this may be a surprise for some of the newer or the younger generations of whites out there that just don't go into the history books and do their research on african american history but it's more than george washington carver out this motherfucker this shit is, it didn't just stop with Martin Luther King and Martin and, and and Malcolm X, and that's the problem. Every time we told you guys the shit was still going on, you told us that there had to be a legitimate reason, and there was never a legitimate reason. Because trust me, if there is, black folks will go ahead and tell you the fucking truth. I'm gonna give you guys an insight here with black folks. If you had, if you don't know, if you don't have too many black friends, there's a little joke that we do. It's one that I learned as a kid. When you see something bad happen in the news, in a black family, right? And I, I'm going to need you white, some of my white listeners to, sit, to share some of you guys' uh, little, little white, ancient, white secrets as well. After I give this one away. But when we see something crazy on the news, you know? And it's like, oh, fuck. They caught somebody eating fucking body parts. Putting them in the fucking refrigerator. Saving and they found fucking, you know, human lampshades and shit. Like... The first thing black people say is, oh, God, please, Jesus, don't let this guy be black. Because if he's black, tomorrow's going to be a pretty rough day for us as a whole. You know, we already got so much shit stacked against us. They already put so much shit against us. Please don't let this goddamn fool who out here eating people and making fucking designer wear out of human skin. Please don't let this guy be black. And when he's white or some other fucking ethnicity we say okay whoo we we outlived that one ah that didn't set us back another fucking 20 years you know because we're still trying to get to where you guys are you guys don't understand that shit when it comes to equality you guys just don't understand that we are on we're on the lower end of the motherfucking uh, seesaw while you guys are up there ah, just riding high man you know now when it happens differently okay i'm gonna tell you fucking truth because it happens this guy was out there. They might have suspected two motherfuckers was out from a range, a long range away, right? This I think this is Dallas. They're they're going around Chitlin Circuit type shit out there in the fucking boondocks in the south, knocking people off left and right. Don't know where the shit's coming from. You hear it? Bam! A motherfuckers down, killing people. Y'all know about it. Y'all know where I'm going with this. We hear it on the news. Oh, oh fuck. Somebody out there is a mass murder. He's going from fucking highway to highway, knocking people off. It may be two of them riding around an old fucking station wagon. Black folks, again, please don't let this fucker, don't let these people be black. We don't need this shit. And we start to feel good because we're like, yo, he's hitting people from range. He's hitting people from yards away. This is like Call of Duty shit. He's out there with a sniper rifle. No way this fucking guy is black. They catch him. Two of them. It's two, a black man and a fucking teenager, black teenager. Of course, we're like, motherfucker, set us back. You know it did. Everybody's like, you hear about the fucking crazy ass black, you hear about the fucking crazy ass. So when you guys, you know, talk to us and say, yo, we we don't get it. What do you mean that there's racism? What do you mean that there's somebody holding you down? What do you mean that? Police aren't doing their jobs. That black lives matter or blue lives matter too. And we're like, dude, we never said that they didn't. But you don't get a fucking news report that says, oh, for the 20th time this year, a black person has won out 
and maliciously attacked and killed an officer for no apparent reason. Officer wasn't challenging him. Officer didn't have his gun uh, unholstered. Officer was minding his fucking business. And out of nowhere, big ass black dude came around and knocked him off the fucking planet. And you guys would be like, yo, man, what the fuck is wrong with your people, dude? Blue lives matter. Cops matter. Why y'all here tripping like this? What's wrong with these black folks out here just killing these cops for no fucking reason, man? This shit has to stop. If the roles were reversed, y'all be saying the same thing. Why are you killing the people who protect us? It doesn't make sense. They've done nothing to you. They only want the respect that they give you. Yada, yada, yada. Just flip the motherfucking shoe, man. Just flip the coin. That's all you have to do. And I think this incident. Is where the white people seen it. You witnessed it. It was a fuck. It's too long not to fucking witness it. There wasn't thirty seconds. It wasn't. Oh, but what happened beforehand? Or you know, he probably said some slick shit. Don't fucking matter, dude. I'm a human being. I can say whatever fuck I want. Don't mean that you got the right to put your knee in my neck and murder me in the streets. They don't. You can't even say like a dog no more. They don't do that to fucking to 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 nobody. They don't do that to animals. They don't do that to nothing. You know. They even give. You know, like, all these fucking cage-free and, you know, the cows and all that shit. Like, they find easier ways to make it easier on them before they put them down. Yet, I gotta watch. A man who grew up, lived the same type of life as me, was was born into this world just like you, has a mother just like you. You know, he wasn't, he didn't hatch in a fucking egg, dude. He wasn't made in some fucking lab, man. This is a fucking human with a soul just like you, dude. If you're going to watch the light go out of the fucking eyes. It doesn't make sense for anybody on a fucking planet. But like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to get off of this one because I can go forever when it comes to this. And I know that I haven't um, hit all my points. But like I said, I'm going to do that when I have my guest on here because uh, this, is a, this is a huge one. I didn't want to miss it. This is really where this podcast was supposed to go. But I realized if I did this, I was going to isolate an audience. You know, once you start getting on black shit and i can get real fucking pro black like super that's my whole fucking identity basically but in life you have to realize you have to get you have to go along to get along is what my boy and his mother likes to say and they're absolutely right dude you can't go around just because my views are pro black i don't want to isolate white people i love white people i have excellent awesome white friends fucking it i don't look at it like that dude but you have to be proud of where you come from and if there's a, if there's someone from a different race or not that's going to make me or my people feel like we are beneath nobody, that's when it flips. That's when I say, okay, if you don't like me, then I don't like you. And that's what you see here, dude. It's not really so much of black people don't like white people. No, we just don't like racists. It's fucking simple. It's clear, fucking cut and dry, man. But black people, most black people, I can't say all. I can't speak for a whole race. I don't know. Shit, I can't even say most because I don't know most black people. But I'm a black man. And for the majority of my life, I've been around nothing but them. And you may have one or two that just have been through too many experiences where they just can't get along with certain races. Because they've been through too much. And I get that shit. But for the other fucking people that I've run across in life, we enjoy the experience. We laugh at the different stories. We know, like, hey man, your grandma do not fuck with you. Don't even mean I can come over and your grandma's gonna be there. Like, your grandma's is a fucking... Like, we laugh at shit like that. Like, okay, some of your family might be bigots, but... You are cool as fucking shit. I'm glad that somebody in your family raised you right. So it's not so much of a thing like we think everybody is racist. We think everybody's against us. That's not it. But for the most part, when it comes to people being against us versus people being against other people, because of the color of your skin, we lead the race. That's it. That's all we're saying, dude. That's all. From Hispanics to whites or Caucasians to uh, Asians um, and, and even Africans everybody has an issue with African Americans you go talk to Hispanic families if you don't meet a Hispanic woman somewhere in grade school if you don't live in the same type of neighborhoods if you don't speak some type of Spanish in Los Angeles chances are bro you're not getting a Hispanic woman it ain't happening 
there is too much history in Los Angeles for that to happen. There's too much hate between Hispanics and blacks. Too much bloodshed. But black families don't be tripping like that. You bring a, you bring a Hispanic girl home, you're feeling like, hey, how you doing? You know, ah, oh, shit, you know how to make tamales, you know how to make enchiladas. Like, come get some fried chicken. I know y'all don't be fucking with it like this. Like, we gonna fuck with you 100%. Bring a Japanese woman home. Same way. Bring a white woman. Well, a white woman, depending on where you grew up, you know, some, some grandparents don't play that shit. But for the most part in Los Angeles, it's no fucking thing. Black people ain't tripping. But let the roles be reversed. A Hispanic family, that uncle in there with all that shit tattooed on his forehead and all that shit on his head is going to be eyeing that brother down the whole time. I'm talking get out shit. Not in Los Angeles, buddy. It's not happening. Asians, they'll fucking disown. I've grown up Filipino. Filipino best friends. Childhood. We grew up same fucking street. Still been called niggas. Like we ain't grown up with y'all kids. Soon as anything goes wrong, y'all gonna drop that N bomb on us. It's happened to me. I've lived it. I still gotta love my friends, but obviously there's some things that have went on in the nineties and eighties to where things have went on with other older individuals in their family and they have a, a real chip on their shoulder when it comes to black people. Same with whites. They, most fucking white people that tell you, dude, I'm dating a black guy. My dad's not going to approve of this. I'm going to hide it until I know that this is serious. Until I want to take this chance. But y'all don't want to act like this shit is real. Like this shit, it, it, like it don't exist. I don't get that about y'all racism because I fucking let you know. You do something wrong. If I feel like it's not going to work, I'm going to tell you. Whether I feel like I'm wrong or right, I just have to speak my piece. And I think that's where we all disconnect. Y'all think we got to get all angry black man, you know. Oh, here come this angry black sister. I done told her how I really felt. And now she about to just start screaming, going crazy, want to fight. Like, no. For the most times, if you tell me you don't fuck with me, I'm going to say, cool, all right, now I know not to fuck with you. That's how most black people get down. Nah, no, they don't fuck with me like that. I don't fuck with them. It is what it is. We don't we don't rock like that. You know, it's not that fucking difficult. Anyway, uh, that was a long one. 20 minutes worth of that. But I just have to because this isn't it. Like, it's not, oh, George Floyd died and now everybody tripping. Like, no, this has been happening in the social media age. This has been happening as long as people have had the Instagrams. I can't breathe. Teenagers being shot dead in the street in St. Louis. You know? A black woman being uh, popping up missing and, and then dying mis- uh, mysteriously inside of a jail cell in police custody. Like, what fucking shit, dude? Don't y'all see? And you got Zimmerman just running around. You know, like, it's just so much that weighs heavy on our hearts. And, and, and it's so good to see that so many races, so many different ethnicities are out there, you know, supporting and I hate to see these people looting, dude, but you just... What do you expect? How many people do you think have lost jobs in this coronavirus shit? People haven't had shit for months. You let them out and then you shut them back down. They see somebody get killed by the people supposed to protect them inside of this safe at home shit. Yeah, I know money. I don't have shit to do. I've been indoors for the last three fucking months. I see this shit now. No, this is too much. We stayed in the house. We did everything you guys told us to do. Y'all tell us we can come back out. After doing all that listening, you kill someone. You're not. You're still not fucking listening to us. But you want us to listen. To, no, man. So now motherfuckers about to tear shit up. It's common fucking sense. They know what they're doing. They want the stupid people to fall into this trap. Unfortunately, there are a lot of rioters out there that don't understand that there's more to this picture. They're cleaning these fucking streets up. They're trying to start this new world order. All you motherfuckers who are stupid enough to go out there and make fucking this shit happen, it's just easy for them. Capture how many for the cost of one? So, be smart out there. Be safe out there. Be smart out there. 
You know, a lot of these material items, they it don't really matter. All this shit gonna fade. If you're out there still in some shoes, they'll be old in four months. If you want a new vi video game system, there's another one dropping in about five months. The one you're getting ain't gonna mean shit. <laughs> still out of tissue. Ain't no Lysol. So if you think about cleaning your ass, I mean, the most important things in this in this epidemic right now, you can't steal, you still can't steal that shit. Where you going? Everything shut the fuck down. What you want to buy? You want you want to steal jeans for, nigga? Fuck wrong with you in that Supreme store? Hey, you ain't about to bust them sneakers out on nobody. You about to sit your ass at home. The sneakers about to sit up in that closet. And even if you do make it, the sneakers about to sit up in that fucking closet. They gonna get old. The rubber gonna fall off the bottom of the sole, and you're gonna be sitting down in, in the fucking Twin Towers. Cause you wanna go out there and riot instead of protest. Now, like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and judge motherfuckers. Just know what you're getting yourself into if you get caught. This is a plan. Everything's planned. You can't say we have a government without everything being planned. They don't just do shit on the fly. Nothing comes out on media without a plan. Doesn't matter if we think it's stupid or not. Trust me. It's already been planned to the T. They just want to see how we react to it. So you have to be smart out there. Y'all out there using cars. You got license plates. VIN numbers. You got on masks. That's cool, bro. But they got other type of technology out there. And I'll get on that on another podcast. Maybe I'll do it on this one. Shit, we flying now. But yeah, that's just what I want to tell you guys. And they're warning you. The sheriffs, they're on TV. I see it every morning when I go to work. Hey, man, y'all motherfuckers, I'm just letting y'all know we got everything on camera. Don't matter if it's not your car. That Whoever the fuck that shit's registered to, that's who's going down. They're going to have to give you up. Or if that's grandma's leaking you was rolling in, grandma's going down, bro. Shouldn't have been in that Lincoln before the homies going over to the fucking flight club. Got to be smarter than that. We in 2020, ain't too many G-Rides left, so what you gonna do? You gotta use that side chick if you ain't, <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Rather that than, you know, mom's whip, right? Be smart, dude. I mean, you. I would hate to put a girl in a situation like that. I would hate for a girl to put a man in a situation like that. But if you idiots are gonna be out there doing it, if you don't want to get caught, be smart about it. Park that motherfucker somewhere a couple corners around from what you from your destination. And I need to stop talking right now because I'm telling people how to commit crime. And I don't think you should be able to do that. But I just want people to be smart and safe out there. That's all. I understand that there's a cause that you have to fulfill right now. So if it means you rioting and that's how you get your point across, just be smart about it. Because there is a game you are playing. And I don't know if you know you're playing it. But them boys in blue, they playing. They always ready for the game. They always in the game. They laugh because they know you don't know you playing. Be smart out there, black man. Hispanics. All minorities. All people. Because they, at this point, that shit, they not even treating them. They like, look, y'all whites out here fucking with these niggas too? We're we going to treat y'all the same. So white people out there that's messing with us the same way, we appreciate you. But be safe as well. Because they not taking it easy on y'all in this one. Not this one. Because y'all showing y'all riding with us. So y'all just know this is not going to be no slap on the wrist. Just know you can't pull a Justin Timberlake on us. We're not going to Jenna Jackson with you like that. If you rocking with us, you rocking with us a long way. Don't pull my titty out and then want to fucking go back and say, I didn't know this was playing like that. No, no. No, 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 Justin. <laughs> if you rocking with us, you rocking with us the whole way. I'm warning y'all. Not saying this is a revolution. I'm not saying anything's televised, but it is something to put a smile on your face. It, it puts a smile on your face to see the support. I think that's what we've been asking for as a race for a long time was the support of the people that we call our friends. We we go and we work with you. We have lunch. We go out for fucking happy hour, you know, with Facebook friends. Like, you, you tell me you care about me. Yet when the shit gets real, and I see you start interacting with your family and friends on Facebook that don't know you have me as a black friend, then I start to see your truth colors, and it's like, dude, come on, man. Are you, are, are you standing with us or are you standing with us? 
All right, I guess I should get the fuck off of this right now. I can I can keep going. It could be a whole goddamn episode, but I don't think I should because I wouldn't have nothing to talk about around my guests, and I would just feel stumped, or I would just probably repeat everything that I've said on this one. But I'm going to try to liven this up a bit because there are some things that happen within this chaos. I just think it's a real important topic, especially me being a black man. I think it's something I should talk about. And I'm going to get a couple people on here to talk about it with me so you guys can get a whole different perspective or a couple different perspectives. You know, try to broaden this whole thing here. <clears throat> but uh, over the weekend, T. Wood fought uh, T. Willie. Tyron Woodley fought. That was one of one of my favorites in the UFC, and he fought on uh, ESPN Plus. And I forgot who he fought against because this dude was a number six ranked. Let me see if I can find it real fast for you guys. But this sucker was a really good fight, and um, right from the get go, you can kind of you can kind of tell that uh, Woodley wasn't himself. I, I mean, he says he was. He said he was good. No excuses. He was on his fucking game. And it just, Gilbert Burns is who he fought. Sorry, Tyron uh, Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns took the win. This was the actual headliner. Fuck, man, I, another bad one. Woodley lost the belt to Kamaru Usman. He's been out for about 15 months. This was his fight back against uh, Burns. Burns was ranked fifth for six. And again, uh, Woodley lost. The rankings just came out. Woodley goes down to three. Burns goes from five or six up to number one. He is now the top welterweight contender, number one contender in that weight class. But after the fight, well, watching the fight, I just I seen it. I'm like, yo, he is fucking. He's not. I, I, either he's not himself. He's lost his confidence, or um, he shook. He shook his fucking there. And um, I didn't know Gilbert Burns was as powerful as he is. I didn't know that this dude was as as uh, dynamic as he is. Something to see. All the times they are changing. Kamaru Usman, I, I can't wait to see how you do Gilbert Burns because he kind of fights like a younger, like a, a, a younger Tyron Woodley a couple years ago. And to say that Kamaru Usman was able to handle Woodley pretty well, and to see Gilbert Burns is kind of like Woodley, they want to see if he's going to be able to do the same thing when it comes to. Burns, I'm, I'm speaking of Kamar Usman, the actual welterweight champion right now. That's going to be interesting to see. I think he can. He's got the height. He's got the reach. He's got the wrestling ability. I think, and, and here's the kicker, though. They're on the same fucking uh, training team. They, they they go to the same fucking gym. They're in the same club. Gilbert Burns and Kamar Usman. Uh, when you're in the same team or you're in the same club, it's almost like being a part of the Lakers. But it's individual sports, so you'll say, oh, LeBron James has a game tonight. So AD and everybody's going to cheer him on. Okay, AD has a game tonight, so LeBron and everybody's going to go to the corner, going to cheer him on, going to the bench, they're going to cheer him on. But then the further you go and the more you succeed, you say, okay, AD, I'm new in this town. I know LeBron James is the king here. He's been by here about a year now. But I think I can take this. So LeBron James and AD are going to fight each other, are going to play ball against each other, excuse me. But they're both on the Lakers. I know this is an individual sport, but you practice. Your home is with your team. So the Lakers will be your home. It'd be your team. You have other people in that team. And then at some point, it's kind of frowned upon. It's kind of like taboo. But if the two want to get at it, they can get at it, even if they're on the same team. That means after this fight, after we knuckle up, after you take my belt or I whoop your ass and keep my belt, we still got to go to this same gym. Yo, that's some real shit. Now, either these dudes are real fucking cool with each other because we just seen this happen like two fights ago between Donald Cerrone and... Uh, fuck, what's my guy's name? Showtime Pettis. Uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis, we just seen this. Those two are good friends. They're not in the same fucking club, though. They don't go to the same gym. These two go to the same gym. They they work out together. They train together. They spar together. So this would be good. They're in the same weight class. Oh, usually this brings nothing but drama. But Gilbert Burns and Kamaru Usman, I think, is the next fight. Again, they're in the same fucking club. This would be cool to see because you always have these little sticky situations. Like, okay, who's going to be my cut guy? Or who's going to be my fucking... You know my corner coach. Who's who's gonna? Because you all you're all using the same people. 
in the same gym. So it's going to be crazy to see if this happens, how they split this gym into two. So both of these guys get exactly what they need from, you know, from this gym at the same fucking time. It's going to be a mess, I think. It's going it's truly going to be a mess. But as far as the fight went, I thought it was cool. It went five rounds. Willie didn't get finished. He almost fucking submitted him. He almost knocked him down a couple of times. Willie barely survived in that match. But Gilbert Burns, dude, I'm going to keep uh, eye out for you. I'm going to keep watching your fights. You were something else, dude. That dude was not cut. He wasn't scratched. He was ready to go again. That dude was something else, man. I uh, just wanted to bring that up because that did happen. This Saturday, though, we've got uh, Amanda Nunez is coming out. She's about to fight. Let me see here. This is another one. Is it Felicia? Is it Felicia? Who the fuck is she fighting? I'm bringing it up right now. I should have known this already. But they're bringing, they don't have many to fight against some of these guys that have held the, uh, and gals that have held these belts for a while. And they're bringing in a new fighter. So I don't know every new fucking fighter right now. But I have seen this girl fight. But let's see. Who it actually is. Nunez. Amanda should be fighting. And this is 250. I'll just put that in. UFC 250. Will be Amanda Nunez versus Felicia Spencer. So I was correct. And then we got Rafael versus Cody uh, Garbrandt. And that's going to be a fight that I'm looking forward to. We got Sterling versus Corey. That's going to be a good one too. I mean, the card is good. It's just not too many people know these guys like that. When it comes to like Sean O'Malley is just getting back. Um, we got a good card, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Amanda versus Felicia. Felicia, I like you. They they don't have anybody to put Amanda against. It's, it's not too big of a fucking division and and down there in that women's featherweight division. But you're about to you're about to learn a few things here. She's a tough motherfucker, Felicia. She's a tough motherfucker. She went five rounds with Cyborg. Or was it three rounds? It wasn't a title fight. It depends. But she went all rounds. She she stood toe-to-toe with fucking... So, as much as I would like to say Amanda's just going to go in there and handle her business. Stranger things have happened. Usually, if you can take a punch, you can stand there, man. Those judges might just see things differently. But Amanda Nunez is a different type of fucking beast. She is the best. She is the GOAT. There's no way around that shit. But I'm ready to see Cody, too. Cody's coming off of two or three losses. Even though two of them, he was against TJ Dillonshaw, who we know uh, was caught steroid using and has been out for the last two years. So I don't think those losses should really count against Cody, but they still have him up there. But yeah, man. It was on steroids, hitting like a fucking truck, and got caught. And he's been suspended for two years, TJ Dillonshaw. But yeah, Cody's coming off of three losses, all knockouts, because once he gets hit, he goes Hulk, and he stops giving a fuck. He throws, and you throw, and he gets knocked out. Or you get knocked out. And I love that about Cody, but he's got to get smarter. It's kind of how Dustin, uh, Justin Gagey used to be. And he's changed. And that Tony Ferguson fight, that proved that shit. Um, other than that, though, man, look, I was watching UFC and I was watching Cody because I was trying to get ready for this upcoming Saturday. So I'm watching Cody fight. I think I watched him fight Dominic Cruz first, which was a really good fight because Dominic Cruz is such he's he's got phenomenal footwork and great stamina. Uh, but I wanted to see this fight because I seen it once, but I didn't remember it. And then I was watching YouTube and a highlight came across. And I'm like, dude, Cody's head movement was crazy in this fight. And it wasn't just the head movement. He clowned the whole fucking fight. If you haven't seen that fight, go check it out. Cody Garbrandt versus uh, Dominic Cruz. It was a really good fight. I think it was UFC 207. But UFC 217. Because I'm watching Cody. I said, all right, I want to watch Cody versus Dillashaw. I want to see that first fight. I'm like, which card was it on? I don't want to just watch this one fight because I want to see the kind of build up to it because these guys were once in the same team and it kind of boiled over and one guy left and it was just it just really suspicious and on some real foul shit. So that was a big thing, especially when it came to the UFC, uh, that little show where they have that, is it, uh, UFC. Oh, fuck. It hasn't come on in a while. It's not looking for a fight. I don't know, but they have two coaches there and two teams, and you basically fight for a fucking contract in the UFC. 
yeah, man, the shit went down. Uh, McGregor was on that one along with uh, Cody. There's a couple people there from America Top. Or are is this American Top or is this uh, Alpha Male? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but anyway, went down. And I wanted to see the build up to this fight. But anyway, UFC 217, Bisping versus George St. Pierre. This card is fucking stacked. When I tell you, when I tell you, I've seen some cars in I think 249 or 248, or maybe 247. One of the the most recent ones was pretty fucking stacked. We're like, dude, we haven't got a car like this in a long fucking time. And and I and I think I found it. The UFC 217 was fucking stacked, guys. Let me just tell you this shit real quick. Let me tell you this card. Paulo Costa versus Johnny Hendricks. Steven Thompson versus George Masvidal. Uh, Joanna Jorjacek uh, versus Rose Namayumas. Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillonshaw, And then Michael Bisbing versus George St. Pierre in Madison Square Garden. And this was in 2017, November 4th. That card was... Yo. I'm waiting for another card like that. I get another card like that, I'm betting. I gotta put money down. That's too exciting. Did you hear that fucking card? There's nothing... Like, majority of the names we see right now that are big-time names are all in this card right here. Masvidal, which lost versus Steven Thompson. He's there. Garbrandt versus Dylan Shaw. Just got to talking about them. Rose Namajunas is one of my favorite chicks versus Joanna. She's one of my favorites as well. Johnny Hendrick is no longer there, but he was a hard-hitting motherfucker um, along the lines of, like, uh, Chuck Liddell or something like that. Paula Costa, y'all know him. He's about to fight Israel Adesanya. Type of Romero Bill type of big-ass freak you need to put a fence around. Animal-ass motherfucker. Then, of course, we got Michael Bisbing, which is a warrior versus the GOAT, the greatest of all time next to George... I'm sorry, next to John Jones is George St. Pierre. So this card was phenomenal, dude. I don't even want to go into the prelims, but let me check it out. I kind of do now, right? Why not? Who we got on the prelims? Curtis Blades, he's there. He's still there. <sighs> Olenek is still there. A couple of these guys are gone, though. Now it's the prelim, though. But this was a really good card, man. I'm not going to lie to you. If you are interested in the fight game, if you're interested in UFC, then go out there. Watch that UFC 217. I just got fight pass again. I usually do it from time to time. But, yeah, man, we're 45 in this motherfucker. I'm going to try to end it off, man, um, pretty soon here. I was watching The Undertaker's last ride. I, I finished The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. I started uh, WWE's Undertaker's The Last Dance, which is pretty much the same line of the Michael Jordan documentary. Give me one second, y'all guys. I got a goddamn text. I'm not going to stop. Oh, okay. Anyway, sorry about that. Where the fuck did I leave off? Oh, shit. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, The Undertaker's Last Ride, man. So I've been watching this thing. I think they're on episode three as we speak. I haven't watched episode three yet. I probably need to subscribe. I hate subscribing to the WWE Network, even though they make it pretty simple. They give you the 30 days for free, but I got a website where I can just watch it. But they've already taken the video down. I'm going to go and see if I can find it again. <laughs> Whatever, dude. They get my money. It's just sometimes you just got to take a break from some of these subscription or these paid streaming services. You know, like, dude, that, you guys ain't even own shit this month. Like, sometimes when Netflix is like, dude, I'm not about to. Man, fuck that. I'll, I'll catch you guys in a couple months when I hear something's coming out there. I'll then keep, I'll then resubscribe or, you know. But I'm not just about to hang around just for the fucking fact of giving you nine ninety nine. No, thank you. The $10 is like, you know, it can go, it can go to something. For sure. It can damn sure go to something. Maybe some lactose-free milk or something. Yeah, the last ride was pretty damn good, man. I, we, we all had questions. We knew the Undertaker wasn't in great shape, right? We, we all knew that shit. We knew he wasn't in great condition. Didn't know why. I mean, they give us certain things, but when it comes to wrestling, you don't really know what to believe. Certain shit is just working in this story. They don't tell you if it's part of the story. You know, you just have to take it with a grain of salt. So, but but with this documentary, hearing him speak because we've. Finally got The Undertaker talking and doing all these interviews and podcasts and, and being himself, right? Not The Undertaker, being him. And uh, it's cool to hear all of these damn, like it was cool to hear with Jordan. It's, it's cool to see the type of person Undertaker has been underneath the character. 
this whole time. You know, you you watch wrestling, you don't know. You know, you I don't know. When I was a kid, Shawn Michaels was my favorite wrestler. And you start to come up right now, even though this dude has found God, you start to hear little things as a grown man. You're like, dude, all right, I kind of see it. They, they say these motherfuckers are dropping the M-bombs. He could have been a racist. All right, I kind of see that. And then you see Bret Hart, and you're like, dude, I always liked Bret. I knew it was something I liked about Bret. Number two in my book, but great guy. And and you see him now as an adult. They say you as an adult, you never want to meet your heroes. You never want to meet your idols because they disappoint you. But I don't think Bret Hart will be one of those guys that disappointed me. Same with Steve Austin. And I think Undertaker is another one of those guys added on to the list. Okay? Now you got your guys like Hulk Hogan, Jim Cronettes and shit like that. And you're like, dude, these dudes let me down because of their views on life. But, you know, it was, diff- it was a different time back then, you know? Same goes with Triple H. I don't know if he's that type of individual, but some things have been said. Some things have been said about Vince McMahon. Shit, Vince McMahon has been on live TV fucking late night he's dropped an m-bomb on tv so you know i don't think the shit is cute i don't think it's funny i know they kind of teeter the line there but anyway i see all that to say that the undertaker is one of those guys whoever you hoped him to be as a child when you were you know a young minority growing up watching wrestling because you it was an all-white thing and where and for my where I grew up, you don't really let it out like that, like just in fucking normal conversation. You might got a group of friends that watch wrestling, and trust me, you guys are going to appreciate that you guys all all watch this together because it's 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 um it's like Freemasons or fucking you know somebody who who enjoys rugby or some shit. Like it's just an exclusive club. You you know, not everybody likes UFC. It's an exclusive club, but. It, it's not as typical as NFL. It's not as typical as NBA. It's like, oh yeah, I watch NBA, I watch boxing, I watch this, I watch that. So that's what I mean by it's an it's a exclusive club. It's a very, very like in the know type of shit. You know, you don't just go around. It's not the coolest thing in the world to say you're a wrestling fan. So as a child, you know, being able to say Undertaker was one of your favorites and hearing this dude talk now and say, damn, okay, at least. I wasn't cheering on this fucking bigot. You ne- you had no idea what to think when this dude came out as the American badass. You know? Playing fucking, uh, who was that? Fred Durst and them boys. The Undertaker, right, he's got long hair, he's got a couple tattoos, you know. He's a white guy, alright, for sure. And then you see American badass and you're like, oh, okay, this is getting more towards the swastika, you know, the, the, two, the two lightning bolts. <laughs> like... Alright, Undertaker, where we going here? So you see him go back to the dead man and then you finally at the later end, ending of his career, the tail end of his career, you start to hear him talk as a regular person and see, like, okay, he's not a fucking uh, uh, openly racist. I don't know him as a, you know, as a person, but to hear him talk about conversations, to hear him talk about uh, men of color. You know, he's talked about The Rock. He's talked about, I uh, might have talked about Ahmed. He's talked about some situations where he's had to stand up and, you know, he's he's been that that leader in the locker room. So you you love to see a leader that doesn't have a bias. Exactly. I was talking at the beginning of the podcast about having a position of power and being able to know that you have to be fair across the board with every individual, whether you have an issue or not, you know, whether something has stemmed from your past or not. You know, when they tell you you have to check shit at the door when you go to work and you have to leave work at work when you leave I think those are the same things you need to do with some of the trauma that has happened with you as a child you know I think that's where a lot of the shit comes from with us not being able to accept people for who they are something might rub you the wrong way just from experience that you've had the way someone made you feel and you're taking that out on an entire ethnicity so to see that Undertaker isn't that type of person man was pretty damn dope I don't want to go back into where I started but I'll bring that shit on another podcast when I got the group here, because I was I was about to go back there. I know you guys hear it. It's like, oh, shit, here he comes with this race shit again. And it, and it's just, um, I got a lot of shit to talk about when it comes down to it. But the last ride, the documentary is pretty good so far. I, I think it's worth having the WWE Network. I don't know how many episodes it is, which is the reason why I haven't kept my subscription, because I'm not going to just stay there for that. It seems like they're only dropping the Stone Cold podcast 
every couple months when there's a big fucking um, pay-per-view. And that just doesn't do it for me. I'm not going to give you guys $9.99 to continue to watch all of my childhood from 94 to 99. That's not going to happen, dude. I'm not going to do that. So y'all got to get with it. Y'all got to keep coming with this content. Um, and I also I want to tell you guys that his relationship with his wife is pretty fucking awesome as well. Hearing him talk about, and I'm talking about The Undertaker again. Sorry to take you guys out of the fucking space where I was. I do that from time to time. Um, his wife is awesome. She's supportive. She was a wrestler as well. I wasn't watching wrestling when she came into the fold. I know he met her after his American Badass thing. Probably around the same time. But anyway, um, hearing him talk about the Mick Foley match, the, my favorite match of all time, the Hell in a Cell pretty dope the second hell of a hell in a cell most people think that was the first one but the first one was actually a year before with Shawn michaels and undertaker and kane was introduced as undertaker's brother and ruined the match but this one is my actual favorite match of all time the energy just the things they were doing to know the type of trauma that happened in this match and undertaker coming out to fight on a broken foot fucking mcfoley losing a tooth going through his fucking lip and ending up in his nose Going through a 50-foot cage, hitting the mat, damn near breaking your back, <laughs> going through a table. It was an extreme match. If I ever want people to see a wrestling match and show them that wrestling is predetermined, it's not fake. It's actually, they are taking real hits. They are taking real bumps. That's the match I usually go to. I don't have to get super extreme and go to, like, New Japan Wrestling from the 90s and give them, like, uh, you know, like, fucking Bob Wire matches and C4 matches and shit like that. You don't have to go that that deep. I can just take you to that cage match between The Undertaker and McFoley. And he goes into that, man. I want to see where he goes in on the third. He also talks about the terrible match between him and Roman Reigns. I thought that was dope that he gave us an insight on that. He could barely watch that match. It was crazy to see someone who has been the same character for over 20 years, two decades, or three decades, I believe. And he still has a hard time watching a match if it's a bad one. That's how much this dude loves wrestling. And I understand why he just won't retire as much as we like. Dude, you've done so much for the company. It's time for you to go dead, man. He just won't give it up. So if you haven't seen it yet, I suggest you give it a, li uh, give it a view. Again, I'm going to keep talking about that uh, darker side of the ring. I, I watched that One Heart episode, the Chris Benoit's, how they started off the second season. So it is an actual episodic season. Guys, go check that shit out. They've got a first season. They've got a second season. It comes on Vice. If you're a wrestling fan, this is some um, a great documentary-style series, episodic series about the things that happen in front and behind the camera in wrestling. And... Some of these dudes' real-life stories, you you just don't have the insides of, of, or the insight of, you know, what's going on with some of these individuals and why you see them die so young and maybe 40 years old, suicide cases, murders, and uh, overdoses, and, you know, it's like, all right, so what's really going on in wrestling? And this show kind of gives you a background on all of that shit. So if you're interested, hey, check it out. And, and even if you're not, why not just try something new for a change, right? Give it 10 minutes. See if you are interested. I don't know. Eat an edible. Open up your mind. Last thing. Last but not least. So I was watching a Netflix original on, um, I think it was a couple days ago. Maybe it was, fuck, what's today? Wednesday? It had to have been Monday then. I was watching a Netflix series of, or a, a movie on, documentary on Monday. And it was about uh, psychedelics. Mushrooms, LSD, acid tabs, you know, all that shit. So I've always been afraid to, and DMT and all that shit, but I've always been afraid to open those channels of my brain. I'm very interested. I want to do this. I've always been, I've always wanted to, but you got to know you as a person. And I've, and you guys, have, I've explained my issues with marijuana and how those trips can go. So I've always said, you know, this is going to be a bad trip. The closest I've had to a psychedelic is a mushroom. And even though I really didn't hallucinate like that, I just only had the giggles. But, you know, everything was brighter. Everything was open. And um, I couldn't stop laughing. I think that was the most uncomfortable part of it. this situation was not being able to stop myself from laughing. Like I, not, I didn't want to laugh anymore. 
So knowing that an LSD tab is about a six to seven hour trip. And everybody that has taken LSD or an acid tab is going on a bad trip. You're not going to not have one. I don't know if I'm brave enough to do that for six to seven hours, but I've got to experience this. They say you open up so many different new views to how you see the world, your perspective. I just have to see what that's like. And for from what I see in this movie, they had a, um, a person in there who has some of the same challenges that I do when it comes to, you know, like um, getting stoned or anything like that. Like for them, when they take this this acid tap, they don't feel the effects that you would. And it's because they are already experiencing this shit from trauma that they've had in their past life. I mean, not past life. I'm sorry. In their past. So whatever happened to this lady in her life that makes her paranoid whenever she does something, when she takes this, it's the exact opposite. So she's already living in the truth. Isn't that fucking crazy? She's already seeing the world for what it is. So when she takes an acid tab, it's actually reversed. She goes into the not knowing, the can't explain, the, the grip of reality. She loses it. And I feel like that's how I would be. So I'm nervous. I want to do it because I have to take steps. I know if I want to eventually get to DMT, I've got to start somewhere. So I've taken the shroom. I want to take the tab. And then after that, I'm going to try DMT. And DMT is something that's known in like, um, uh, it's a, I don't want to talk about it today. Fuck it. Because I'm going to get it wrong. And I've got to research it. I don't want to look at a dumb, I don't want to sound like a dumbass. But for anybody who is interested, DMT is a psychedelic and it basically takes you into alternate, some people would describe as an um, alternate universe or a parallel universe. They say you see um, your ancestors, you get your truth. They say you are stripped down, you no longer exist and you only see what is. And you And when you come back, you're like, Okay, this I, I don't give a fuck however the fuck I was living. I don't care about the things that I've seen. I don't like you just understand a little bit a little bit better. Things about the universe. Like not how you can fucking rig the lottery system. It's not like it's not gonna give you a fucking mansion, but it's just clarity. It's supposed to be clarity at its rawest form. And the thing about it is, DMT has been um banned for a while it's been against it's been illegal and i don't know if it's back now i think it i think it is but it's crazy because your body produces dmt it naturally has it in there and i think you get two doses one when you're born it releases and then one on your deathbed a dose of dmt releases and they say what happens in death when you see someone dying and then all of a sudden they just get really calm and they're Okay, they can accept what's going on. It's because that DMT has been released inside of their body. And they have spoken with an ancestor, a god, and they've been told that, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And, and I think that's some crazy shit to know that we've only, we're only using a small percentage of our brain to say that this type of shit exists out there. And say that there is a way to tap in to to some of those portions of your brain that you don't use it fascinates me so i have to get to this i'm going to take the stages i don't know how old i'll be i'm going to get in some great shape i'll tell you that much because i don't want my ticker given out but when i do you'll be getting that episode again this is the award-winning world famous podcast that nobody knows about and hasn't won a damn thing it is a podcast about everything i am riding off into the sunset i hope you guys enjoyed this episode because i didn't want to do it to begin with i will check you guys on another time are we getting to it are we getting to this week i don't know you never know you never know hopefully trying to do that last ride episode with my boy dom um and i'm also trying to do the episode uh about george floyd and the state of what's going on right now inside of our world inside of our country uh, we're going to do that with Dom and Krizzy. So be looking forward to them guys on there. The original BF. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the original BC. The original Breakfast Club.
I'm just playing with y'all. You know what it is. Anyway, you guys have a great one. Stay, stay safe. Great trips. Um, if you're getting, drink responsibly. If you're getting high, get high responsibly, I guess. Smoke responsibly, I guess. There's nothing else to do. Stay safe out here. We on some 66s out here. 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. What the fuck, man? Whatever. Peace out, nigga.